Thank you for your presence today. During his earthly ministry, Jesus said, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. That truth is as relevant today as it was then. If we had the mind of Christ, everything we think, say, or do would be fueled by the Spirit of God. Instead, Christians and non-Christians alike are often focused on worldly pleasures. The evidence is clear. Our emphasis is devastatingly derailed. Thus, everything God made perfect for us is broken. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander gets us back on track. 30 years ago, they had three teeth gone. And child protective services wouldn't have done nothing. Wasn't even around to do anything. First thing you'd say, when those two come out missing, they didn't come out naturally. They, they, they were knocked out. <laughs> they don't say, but the parents should have done that, should not have done that. They say, boy, what did you do? <laughs> not, not it's the parents' fault, it's the teacher's fault. Say, everybody's fault, but the person who needs to be dealt with. Outbursts of anger. These kids are hollering and screaming at you, and you tolerating and thinking it's cute. I see it in the store. Your, your child never tell you to shut up. You're right. Shut up. You talking about me growing some hair? You gonna tell me with your little seven year old self to shut up? Shh. <laughs> that, that's another word they're called factions. See, y'all got to take your time. Y'all read the Bible too fast. You got to read it slowly and meditatively. You can't speed read the Bible and grow. Factions. Say factions. Some of y'all haven't said that word, I don't know when, You and you read over it. Now, you say, what is factions? All these words I won't be able to break down, I'll be here too. I wish I could preach to y'all to 2 o'clock this afternoon, but I know y'all be walking out, tipping out, so I got to I gotta move on for your sake. I know you can't wait on the benediction. Oh, by the way, it's dangerous to miss the benediction. Do you know the benediction is God's blessing on your life as you depart the house of God? I would not want to leave the blessing that's going to be prayed over me as I depart the house of God into a world that's evil. Because you don't know if you're going to be back by next Sunday. I tell you what, if you knew you, you'd be in heaven next Sunday, I believe you'd be here for the benediction. So factions, you say, what is that? That's organized dissenting groups. Those are little parties, little organized, they get together. They have their little cliques, their groupings, their little grumbling, GG, call them GG, grumbling gatherings. They have sideline meetings underneath the radar, having their own agenda to circumvent what God wants to do. And you know, it's a danger, it's bad enough to have one. But when you have seven or eight of them in the same church, you talking about a church that can't make progress? Then I'm going to go on. Slander. Then you have gossip. I wish I had time to just go through all of these. Then you have arrogance, another form of pride, another word of pride. And oh, let me hold on. Hold on. This is a disorder. Disorder. God is a God of order. If you don't think he is, just look at Genesis chapter 1 and 2. 
and you see God order out of chaos and all of this. He said, let there be. He had order, structure. And that's, that's the danger of America. They don't want the Constitution. They, 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 they want everybody to do what's right in their own eye. Just open up everything. Go do whatever you want to do. No order. No order. No structure. If there's not structure in the school, how can a child learn? If there's no structure in the church, how can we worship and celebrate God? Somebody got a word from the Lord. Somebody speaking tongue over here. Somebody being slain in the spirit over here. And somebody say, I got an announcement right now, pastor. Stop preaching so I can say my announcement. I say, are you crazy? You got to have order. Say order. Hey, you know what amazes me? This is a military town, San Antonio, Texas, with all of these military installations. How many of you have been in the military at some point in your life uh, here and you were president? Raise your hand. Oh, look at all those hands. You know what? The churches in San Antonio should be some of the most progressive, healthiest churches in the nation because you had structure and order. I feel so sorry for those kids when I get out the airport and those little cadets, they come into there and they're getting ready and they're sitting there in the airport on these little seats, about 50 or 60 of them, and they they looking scared, don't know where they are, don't know what they're doing, you know. And then all of a sudden they, they, they hit those barracks wherever they go, and, and they have to get, everything has to be done a certain way, a certain time. And one person mess up, all of them get it. You know what I'm talking about. They got to make the beds up. They got so many, they got a few seconds of shower, a few minutes of shower. They got to do this. They got to do that, 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 that. They got to know how to handle that gun. They got to know how to shoot the gun. They know how to point the gun. They got to know the name of the gun. They got to know what the bullets are like. They got to know everything. Oh, they're going to have friendly fire all over the place. There has to be structure. Now, why is it that you can have all that structure in the military, but when you come out, so many folk lose it? They don't want structure. They don't want, they say, do this. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Attention. 80 push-ups. Got it. But you come out, everything you come to, you 15 minutes late. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. What happened to all that structure? And I believe God taught you some of those principles so you can carry it over into your life so that you can be a productive citizen to the glory of God. Those are lifetime experiences, much of which you can use to teach your children and teach life lessons to others. Don't just lose everything you've learned. You can transfer that into your civilian experiences. Can I get some amens from the military personnel? Yeah, tell me order. So much disorder. Listen, Satan can use any one of these in this list as a tool to rip the church to pieces in ministry meetings. Satan can use he can use outbursts of anger, factions, slander, gossip, arrogance, disorder to tap business meeting, committee meetings, to tap your business, to tap your home, to even tap the worship celebration. 
Also, Satan uses social media to continue his assault against the church with every one of these destructive means long after disgruntled members have left the church. After they're gone, they're really not gone. They're still trying to scatter the flock, even though they're disgruntled, even though they're gone, they're gone, but they're still in the church assaulting the church, hammering people in the church. Even though they're gone to another church, gone wherever they're all in your business, all in the church business, they're not even gone. What else does Satan use to, to scatter the flock? Number five, confusion. Acts chapter 19, verses 32 through 33 says, the assembly was in confusion. Some were shouting one thing. I like this passage. Some another, but underline this, most of the people did not even know why they were there. Look at that. Did y'all underline that? Did you see that? Most of the people... Some of y'all seen that for the first time. It's in your Bible. You haven't torn out out that page. Underline that. Most of the people, now they in all that confusion, raising all that hell, tearing it up, didn't even know why they were there. My friends, some believers fight so much until they're not even aware of why they're fighting. It's just their nature to fight. They get so caught up in their emotions that they cannot even give a clear and solid answer as to why they are involved in matters that are of no concern to them. You've seen it before. You could look at the news and you see protest over this, protest over that, protest over that, right? Whatever the protest is about. And then you get those the media personalities that come and interview people on the streets in the protest. And they say, well, now, give me some reasons why you're here. What's, what's concerned? What would you like to see happen? And they ask some strategic questions, and they can't even, half of them can't even answer why they out there protesting. I want you to listen to me well. Where the word of God does not govern, there will be confusion. Did you get that? Where the word of God does not go. If the word of God does not rule your marriage, if you don't let the word of God govern and orchestrate the lives of your children, there will be confusion. The word of God restrains confusion. The word of God restrains evil and sin in the Lord's church. What else does well, Satan use to scatter the church? False teachers, false teachers. Second Peter chapter two, verses one and two says, but there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them and bring on them swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. And then Acts chapter 20, verses 27 through 31, it says, For I have not shone to declare to you the whole counsel of God, the whole word of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock. I'm to be concerned about the whole flock of God, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseer to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Jesus died for the church. Verse 29, for I know this, 
Paul is saying what he know. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves, that's false teachers, will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Verse 30. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Verse 31. Therefore, watch. Watch means be alert. Beware. And remember that for three years, I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. I'm going to tell you something about this. If you fail to know the whole counsel of God, if you fail to learn the the word of God and stay in it and meditate on it day and night, then you will become easy prey to be seduced by false teachers and swept away into heresy. That's why so many Christians, you find them in cults, you find them being swept away into Mormonism, Jehovah Witnesses, Islam, and everything else I can't call, Buddhism, all this stuff. It's because they don't know the word. And many folk end up in a cult from the church house. Because you sit here and say, I wish Brother Joe was here. He needed that message. No, you here. You here. Don't worry about who's not here. You are here. God preordained before the world that you be sitting in that seat today to hear this message for you. Why do why do churches scatter? Because of moral failure. Moral failure. First Corinthians chapter five, verses one and two says it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. Huh? And of a kind that does not occur even among pagans. He was saying the world and pagans and lost folk are not even doing sin at this level. And yo, it's being done in the church. The pagans know better than this. And look what he says. He said, what is it? A man has his father's wife. You can't get it. That's low. And you are proud. You know, shouldn't you rather have been filled with grief and put out of your fellowship the man who did this? How many, how many of y'all, raise your hand and look how quiet it is now. Nobody even saying amen. How many of y'all see that in your Bible? Is it black and white in your Bible or your technology? How many, if y'all saw that, raise your hand. Now some of y'all don't, some of y'all in sexual immorality. He said, well, I ain't messing with my father's wife. You think you've gotten by. You know, you didn't get by, but you're sleeping with somebody you're not married to. That's a disgrace before God. That's sin. You're sending yourself to hell. You're sending yourself to hell. You're steeped in pornography. Steeped in homosexuality. Bisexuality. You're dealing with thinking about changing your sex. You need to be satisfied with who you are. Satan, Satan, Satan is a devil. He'll get you to change your sex and say, then he turn around and call you a fool. You, you know what? You can't change that back. They think they can change. Man can't do everything now. When you get all those adjustments made down there, <laughs> you might as well just hang it up. Hang up your cleats. Won't somebody say Amen. Everything God gave me, I want. I ain't throwing away nothing. I ain't even putting no big old. Some of these folks got holes in that, in the lobe of their ear. 
and I be cringing. They got to, and I'm walking around and I can see the wall through their ear. I said, Ooh, look at that thing. That's, that's a TV shot right through their ear. How do they do? I, listen, I get nervous when they draw blood. <laughs> All this stuff going on. Now I got to go back because some of y'all slipping and sliding. You're getting quiet on this. But this is Maranatha Bible Church. Some of y'all haven't seen this so long. Some of y'all don't even know what's in the Bible till now. A man has his father's wife. And some of y'all messing with another man's wife. Another, uh, uh, somebody else's husband. Uh-huh. And you are proud. I don't care. You know, when you can sin and go home and eat some rice and beans and fried chicken... You in a you in a spiritual mess. You lost. Oh yes, you lost. You think you saved? There's no such thing as a Christian immoral person. <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? There's no such thing as a Christian immoral person. <laughs> you say what? I can show you scriptures if I had time. Can y'all stay here till two o'clock? <laughs> okay. It says, shouldn't you? Now look, he say you, and I'm talking to y'all. He was talking to Corinth. I'm talking to Maranatha, and everybody here by visitation. Shouldn't you say me rather have been filled with grief and put out of your fellowship the man who did this, and you are proud. You still having church. You still shouting. You still saying amen and waving your hands. And you're a candidate for hell. Now I want to tell you something. I'm not through. If sin is not swiftly dealt with in the Lord's church, then it becomes infectious and contaminates the whole church which weakens and causes the church to lose her testimony before her own looking world. That some preachers won't even preach about it. Won't even preach about it. Won't even address it. Because they're not living righteously. 1 Corinthians 5, 2b says, Shouldn't you rather have been filled with grief? It's a bad day when you can get so low in your spiritual condition that you don't even grieve over your sins. You don't even care. You don't even repent. You, you feel absolutely nothing. Beloved, you know a church is in spiritual regression when she does not grieve over her sins. In 1 Corinthians 5, chapter 5, verse 2c, we read, put out of your fellowship the man who did this. Put them what? How many of y'all didn't know? I don't understand the Bible. Did y'all understand that? It says what? Put them what? Okay. If they don't repent, put them out. Uh, and some of you said, ooh. He said, why you say that? Because of what the Bible says. Today, very few churches put unrepentant saints out of the church. Even though Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 through 17, gives us clear instructions as to how to implement church discipline. And by the way, we do have a church reconciliation council that is 
operable. Okay? Look at Matthew. So you are thinking this is Draper talking. Everything is backed up by scripture. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17, you'll see Matthew addressing the issue of church discipline. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And you don't go straight to the church, straight to a committee. If somebody doing something you know is not right and you know it's to be factual, you go to that person, you and him alone, and get it right, get it straight, and be reconciled and leave it there. You don't go whispering about it. You don't put it on Snapchat and this kind of stuff. You don't put it over all this stuff. Leave it alone. Guess what? Guess what she told me? You the biggest sinner. You worse than the person who did the act because you can't keep your mouth shut. Okay. Between you and him or you and her alone. Okay, that's where it should stop. You confront a person, they get confessed, they're repentant, they stop, you leave it right there, and it shouldn't go any further, not even to a committee. It's, and that's it. Now, let me go on. If he hears you, I mean, if he, you know, if he adjust, make the adjustments, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take one you take with you one or two more, not, not, not 30, <laughs> by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Say, now, I ain't doing that. I'm going to still do what I'm going to do. Okay, now go get your two or three more, and you confront the person about the same issue. Okay? Some churches have it set up differently, but it's still operating according to Scripture. And if he refuses to hear those two or three, you're going one-on-one. Now you got two or three addressing the person, and he's going to go hardball with you. If he refuses to hear, if he, if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. Tell it to the church. We do it during communion service as it is needed. But if he refuses even to hear the church, y'all can't tell me what to do. Then let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. In other words, turn him out, turn him out, put him out, and you put him out so Satan can wreak havoc in their life and bring them to the point of repentance and they still play hardball. God will even give Satan permission to kill him. Satan knows how to, you can send yourself to death. Now, that brings another question. Y'all say, ooh, I didn't come to hear all this today. That brings another question. Y'all, y'all holding on? You got your seatbelts on? Why is church discipline so rarely done in the Lord's church? Now that's, that's, the, that's the question. Why is church discipline so rarely done in the Lord's church? Let me give you three. I can give you ten, but I got to give you three. You know, because I, I don't, I'm going to let you out for two. What are the three reasons? A- It's because of biblical ignorance. If the church does not know the scriptures, then how can they implement it? How can you implement scripture if you don't know what the scripture says? Okay? So you got to know the word. If you don't know the word, you're acting ignorantly because the word should rule, govern, bring structure, order, and everything else to the Lord's church. B, you know why churches don't do church discipline? Because of a fear of repercussions. 
a fear of repercussion. In other words, the church does not want to deal with the backlash, you know, because you messing with my mama, my daddy, my brother, my husband. That's my sorrow. My Listen, all that's out the window when you come to the church. And you ought not be taken up for your family member if they're wrong. And then all y'all press out here because he's being dealt with or she's being dealt with and y'all gonna tap the whole church and put the man or the woman know they wrong and you get on the bandwagon. They so hard. You know, we have been accused of being a strict church. And I, I tell people, uh, when I hear that and they bring that to me, I tell them, thank you very much. I'd rather be known as a strict church than a loose church. Are y'all hanging with me? So we feel the repercussions. What? The backlash? It's going to bring uh, Satan. He dash. I dare you to mess with him. I dare you to mess with him. I dare you. I, I'm going to show you what I can do in that church when you do. Because they don't humble themselves. They want to fight. Backlash. Most leadership feel like they fear the fallout. Uh, th- they don't want to rock the boat. And, and leadership don't want to see people leaving the church over that issue. Let me tell you something. I've been told along the way, I've been passing a long time. I'm not afraid of folk leaving the church. Because for every person that leave a seat, God is God enough to put 10 more in their place. 10 more in their place. That's right. That's called a blessed subtraction and a blessed addition. I'd rather see the church go down to 20 and be, and have God with me than to have 2,000 and, and, and all but 50 is living unholy. You, you know why they don't, the leadership don't deal with it? They desire to see everyone happy. Happy, happy. There's a song called Happy, Happy, isn't it? Happy, happy, happy. Happy hour. Happy, oh, y'all never heard of that. Happy, you know, happy. I'm happy, happy, happy. You want to be happy. Listen, God is not studying your happiness. He is concerned about your holiness. Okay. He didn't say be. He, he wants you holy. Beloved, it's a dangerous thing if you can put being happy over what the scripture says. I really see everybody happy. So let's not do nothing. Let's just turn our heads and be quiet. It too shall pass. The Bible tells us to fear not for God is with us. Be not dismayed for he is our God. He will strengthen us. He will help us. He will uphold us with the right hand of his righteousness. We must not be afraid nor ashamed nor slothful. We must be bold. We must be willing. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. God is able and he won't fail. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas or call us at 210-821-5683.